0: Amen. Thank you, band. Amazing today. Love the way your shirt sparkles. So, it's the brand new year. First sermon of the brand new year. You know, we spent December going through the whole Disney classics and kind of had a lot of fun with that. And I was surprised at how many people were excited. What's next? What's next? And throwing out all kinds of guesses. And so, um, you know, we're going to take another month and just have fun looking for the spiritual gems that are hidden in the Disney movies. And, and, and truly, as you go through life, whether it's movies or music or people or conversations, whatever it might be, looking for the hidden gems, the Word of God. As you go forward, you find it because he's everywhere. This is his world. And I was surprised as we talk about Frozen to learn like last Thus decade, I learned that Frozen made a billion dollars, okay? Now, I watched it this past, you know, week, and I'm thinking, a billion dollars? Don't underestimate the power of little girls, okay? They'll generate a billion dollars out of you like nothing. And, and, and the original story is a Hans Christian's Anderson piece called The Snow Queen, And the movie begins with Elsa, the older daughter, having a supernatural gift that's both wonderful and dangerous. Well, we just added it for this service, and apparently we didn't add it the right way. So um, she has this gift where she can just release... Um, ice castles, and her little sister would jump all over them, and little sister kept going too fast, too fast, and finally she jumps, and Elsa falls down, and, you know, wasn't able to present another castle for her to jump to, and she had to, almost died, really, and so, wow, this really cool gift is now actually quite dangerous, and her father was very upset that, you know, her little sister got hurt this way, and, you know, maybe you should be shamed of this gift that you have. And maybe you need to isolate so that you'll never hurt anybody again. And so that's exactly what happens. Of course, her little sister, Anna, she doesn't understand why Elsa's, you know, shutting her out. And, and, and it's, she thinks she's being punished or she doesn't like her. And actually, it's to protect her. And, and sometimes, you know, we don't understand the motivations behind things. When Jesus went to the cross... You know, people perceived it as weakness when actually it was divine strength being presented for us, you know. So we ought to be slow to judge when we don't understand what's happening. And, you know, the par- the parents die. It's a Disney story, right? And so usually somebody, parent dies in the story. And, you know, both parents die. And it's Elsa's turn to step into being queen of the land. However... What do we know? She's been isolated. And she hasn't been prepared for this moment. And she hasn't been guided and mentored on how to channel this unique gift. Just shut it down and hide yourself. And so when the moment of coronation came, she wasn't ready for it. And, and I talk about mentoring and guiding people. You know, in Christianity, it's thought that you ought to have a Paul... A Barnabas and a Timothy in your life. A Paul is somebody that guides you in your spiritual journey. A Barnabas is somebody that you partner with as you carry out your Christianity. And a Timothy is somebody that you're mentoring. Okay? Because these three different angles will keep ministry flowing and faith growing in your life and in other people's lives. You know, I remember when I had a ghetto ministry, there was this one kid, and he had the anointing on him. I knew that he was going to be a preacher. And so, of course, I said, all right, let's get your first sermon ready. I want you to preach to your group. And so he gets up, and he starts preaching, and didn't take long, and suddenly he's dropping some F-bombs in his sermon, and, you know, using some very inappropriate language. And I'm I'm like, okay. Um, The guy that was with me, he's like, okay, that guy will never preach again. And I'm like, no. I, I commended him, you know, I, I know you wanted to connect with your audience, and I think you did a pretty good job of that, but however, when you're preaching, we might want to clean up the language a lot, okay, one person ready to cut them off, you know, another person ready to say, okay, let's let's figure out this gift that you have, and, and well, there's this gift that we have that Elsa has, and you know, it's her coronation time, and the way she doesn't uh, release her, 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 spiritual, her spiritual gift, her miraculous gift as she puts gloves on her hands and suddenly she has to take the gloves off. Somebody grabs her glove and, and, and she's now full of fear and not sure what's going on and suddenly her emotions get the best of her and her gift starts being released and it's not in a good way and so she just decides, you know what, I'm going to run away and she incorrectly defines herself as dangerous. And here's where we enter into some difficult waters. Elsa was told as a child, fear will be your enemy. And here she is afraid afraid of who she is with this special gift, afraid of the gift, afraid of ruling the kingdom that she hasn't been prepared for, afraid that she might hurt her sister. All of her decisions are fear based. And so when you go through life that way, you end up you know, hurting people and, and, and destroying the folks around you and driving people away, which is exactly what else is doing. And, and this is when, for the Christian, the Lord steps in and says, do not fear. And he says it all throughout the Bible. This is an important statement that God makes. Do not fear. You put your hand in my hand and I'm going to guide you through every challenge. I'm going to to partner with you as you face the difficulties that paralyze you, that frighten you, that threaten you, that cause you to want to isolate and run away. And really, if you talk to the psychologist, fear is the primary emotion that all of us have to deal with. You know, Elsa was afraid of making a mistake. And aren't we too afraid of people seeing our imperfections? We're afraid of being unlovable because of those imperfections. And so we can do one or two things. We can isolate like Elsa does or we'll start to adapt our personality so that people will think we're somebody that we're really not and we lose our true identity trying to be somebody that we're really not. And this is again where the Lord steps in and first John 4, 8, perfect love, God's love casts out fear. When you understand that you are under the unconditional love of God, your failures and flaws and quirks and dysfunctional parts of who you are, all of that is covered by the cross of Jesus Christ. And you're accepted on your worst day as well as your best day. Suddenly you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear your failures. You don't have to fear what other people think of you. You keep your eyes on Jesus and he's just going to guide you to become the person you were supposed to be in the first place. And for Elsa, she can't control her destructive reactions to people. She decides to run away to the top of the mountain and create her own ice castle. And here's where we come across the famous song, famous in the Disney world, Let It Go. You know, I don't think we got enough of that song. (laughs) Elsa, come over here and sing it for me, will you? Ava, you sang it beautifully, just like you did with our Christmas Bethlehem experience. You are amazing. Everybody, Ava, okay? Amen. Oh, by the way, it's a horrible song. It has a bad context. Don't ever sing it again, okay? You see, in the song, it says, let it go, no right, no wrong, no rules for me, I'm free. And this is what the sinful nature wants, we want to be free, no rules, I get to do whatever I want. And actually, if you look into the Garden of Eden, that did not work out so well for humanity. You know, the song, it glorifies self-rule, which is a popular theme in our world. And Elsa, she's on the the road to find herself. And when you try to find yourself without God's input, the one who created you, the one who knows what's best for you, the one who is trying to guide your steps to abundant life, well, you're going to end up having a distorted view of the world. No, we're meant to find ourselves in our relationship with God. Okay, we have a purpose, friends, and that is to do this, to contribute to God's kingdom of love and to fight the good fight against evil. This is what we're called to do. When you find your true purpose, that's when you find yourself. You know, one of the lines in Elsa's song is "is conceal, don't feel. And we all have been taught that. Don't let anybody know, you know, your flaws and failures. Keep everything to the breast. You know, be a private person. And, and you know, if you're private and I'm private, how are we going to have any fellowship? How am I going to be able to pray for you and say, oh, you're struggling here. Well, I'm struggling there. And then suddenly we become a community. But when you conceal, well, everything's superficial. And And actually... A lot of us, we try to conceal from God. I remember one time I said, wow, I don't want the Lord to know that. And he leaned in and said, know what? Oh, you already know. Yeah, he knows. He knows and still sent Jesus to the cross to say, let me remove this stuff that you're ashamed of. Let me give you my presence my spirit so I can recreate you Jesus gives us a brand new identity a brand new you a brand new start and as we walk with him it just continues to grow and we transform into the person we are supposed to be well this is not what uh, Elsa does she wants to be free she runs off to her own little kingdom And and you'll notice it's a kingdom, a frozen castle. I think it's very interesting. In Dante's Inferno and in Milton's Paradise Lost, they define life without God as a frozen hell, which is exactly what Elsa is experiencing. And, And there was another flaw in this song, Let It Go. No rules, no right or wrong. And actually, God has placed within each one of us, into our hearts, the awareness that we know what's right and we know what's wrong, okay? We know how to treat people. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah, that's what Jesus says. And, and, And to try to come out from under those rules, well, then we're left to our own sinful nature dictating the terms of our lives. And where is that going to lead you? Nowhere good. But when we step in, and suddenly the Lord's that inner GPS guiding us guess what? We're starting to release blessings. We're, trying, we're starting to change the atmosphere around us. And this is what God has in mind for all of us. I think it's interesting when Elsa isolates from the community, you know, she she's, no, I'm free. And and David says in Psalm 139, where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the highest heaven, you're there. If I go to the deepest part of the earth, you're there. There's nowhere you can go where he isn't. And that's kind of frightening. It, Till you realize there's nowhere you can go without this God being there for you. You know, we like to think of God as a watchdog, but he's more like a concerned father caring about you. Are you okay? How can I arrange the circumstances to bring eternal life and abundant life to you? You know, I, I love 2 Corinthians 69. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro upon this earth to strongly support those whose hearts that belong to him. You have a God who wants to be there for you, who's, who wants to release his goodness into you, who wants to guide you and care for you. Kind of like the prodigal son. Father, the prodigal son's father, he, you know, the son runs away and we read the story and he's just scanning the horizon, the father. It's today the day my son might come home and when he sees his child, he runs to him and embraces him and restores him back to the safety of his care. Maybe you drifted, guess what? Don't worry about all the failures and flaws. Stepping into his presence, that's what he wants. He's the one who's gonna care for you. He's the one that's gonna clean you up. He's the one. He's not worried about your sins. He's worried about your spiritual safety. Come to him. And the fact of the matter is, we're not made to do life alone. Interesting, when God made the world and he made Adam, And everything, he says, it is good, it is good, it is good. Then he gets to Adam, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Now realize, he's in perfect harmony with God, and yet, that's not enough. He needs his own community, so he brings Eve to Adam as his partner and companion. You know, a study was done, and it was interesting that people who eat poorly have bad eating habits, but have lots of friends, live longer than people who eat healthy and don't have any friends. Think about that. John Ortberg says it like this, it's better for you to eat Twinkies with friends than to eat broccoli alone. All right? We need one another. And, And here's the deal. When we try to do community without one another, we only go so far with God. I need your wisdom. I need your prayers. I need your input, your friendship. Just like we need one another. And so I, I don't try to do this journey with God by yourself. You need the church community. Well, <clears throat> Anna, Elsa's little sister, uh, she had to go on her own journey as well. You know, she f- meets this guy and immediately falls in love. Like immediately, okay? Five minutes into their hello, who are you? And, and so... Everybody's going, okay, no, Anna, not the right guy, not the right timing, okay? One time, this gentleman comes into my office and says, hey, Pastor, will you marry us? I go, sure. Uh, when did you meet? Three days ago. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 okay? You don't even know her dysfunction. She doesn't know your dysfunction, okay? So I brought him in and talked him out of it. Sometimes people will meet somebody, and, you know, it's crazy, uh, Everybody says, red flags, red flags, red flags. But when you're in love, you don't see red flags. You see red roses, okay? And we need to listen to the advice of the people around us to say, hey, you know, pay attention here. This is probably not the person. Slow down and give it some time. Give it some prayer. Well, I think uh, one of the themes from Frozen is revealing the unreliability of the human heart. You know, there's a passage in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. You know, who can understand it? And, and, and truly, what happened to us is our heart got damaged in the sin that, that hit the world. That's where we got broken. Suddenly a heart that used to belong to God, it's now all self-focused and and that's when everything falls apart. And and so I I guess what I want you to understand is with the broken sinful heart, you're going to misread your own personality. You're going to misread the relationships around you. You need God's input. You need his word in your life. That's why I'm always leaning on you read a chapter a day. You know, have a little bit of a prayer life where you talk to God, you're vulnerable with him and he can speak to you. You know, hang out with other Christians who, who want to guide you. Listen to the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit, as He wants to make known God's will for your life. You know, there's this crazy moment when it's a decisive moment, really, when Elsa states, I can't escape from the storm inside of me, I can't control this curse. I can't escape from the storm inside of me. I can't control this curse. And I'm thinking, yes, that's the problem with humanity. We have a storm inside of us. My will versus thy will. And it's a tug of war. And it can leave a mess within us. We don't know how to read situations. We don't know how to deal with difficult people. We're overwhelmed. It's the curse of sin. And that's where God says, I'll calm the storm. Jesus did it literally. And when you give your life to him, he does it. Literally. Suddenly what was chaos and you now have the peace that passes understanding. You know that God is for you. He's available to you. He wants to move in and around you. The storm, it's been calmed because the curse has been removed. When Jesus went to the cross, he took all of the sins we were cursed with and released to us everything needed to have access to the presence of God. And that's why Jesus is the man for all of us. You know, I love it. Humanity's universal problem needed a cosmic solution. God himself, through Jesus Christ, was that solution. Well, Elsa's little sister, Anna, throughout the whole movie, she's rejected by Elsa. She, you know, finally, she actually curses her, you know. And, and, and yet, Anna is willing to climb the snowy, ice-covered mountain to deal with wolves chasing her and and facing all these life-threatening situations to save her sister from the negative effects of isolation and, and, and self-focus. And, and this is kind of like what Jesus did. He left heaven, put his divinity aside to come and find you. You know, love is putting somebody else's needs before your own. Somebody... Who has wronged you and yet love pushes the wrong aside to bring grace to them. This is what Jesus did at Christmas. We trampled all over his gift of grace. We ignored his presence. And yet he pursues us because you're that valuable to him. Because he loves you. He understands what sin does to the inside of us. So he doesn't focus on the sinful side of you. He focuses on the you that's been made in his image. He's come to restore you, pursue you, to bring you back into your original identity as a child of God. I think it's interesting. Anna wants to free her big sister from being trapped in a frozen hell. And that's exactly what Jesus does. He frees us from the self-focus so that now we're God-focused, we're other-focused, and we get to experience the Lord moving on the inside of us. And self-sacrifice—it is our calling. It's interesting. Um, lots of characters do it in the in the movie, like Olaf did for Anna. Love is putting someone else's needs before yours, like you know how Kristoff brought you back here to Hans and left you forever. Kristoff loves me. Wow, you really don't know anything about love, do you? Olaf, you're melting. Some people are worth melting for. Hmm. just maybe not right this second. Isn't that powerful? Some people are worth melting for. You know, Jesus says, greater love has no one than to lay down his life for a friend. Greater love has no one than to lay down their life for a friend. Who's the friend? Well, ask, you know, the guy that was the victim of robbers on the Jericho Road. You know, beaten, robbed, left for dead, and the good Samaritan comes along and realizes the Jew hates the Samaritan, and yet the Samaritan cares for him, puts him on his donkey, pours his money into him, is inconvenienced because he wants to help a hurting human being. And friends, this is our calling to help the hurting world around us. I don't know who the Lord might have put on your heart. I don't know what people group that is being oppressed by sin is put on your heart, but this is what you and I are called to do, to put into motion the love that God has for all of us. You know, in the climatic scene, I mentioned, you know, Elsa cursed Anna with a frozen heart, and and she's freezing to death, and the only remedy is... True love that can thaw a frozen heart. I want you to realize in Ezekiel, it talks about you and I, we have a heart of stone, but the Lord replaces it with the heart of flesh. See, it's only true love, the love that God has for us. that can remove our our frozen stone heart that doesn't see ourselves or God or people correctly so that now with his heart in us, we understand the world the the little creator who loves us, the people around us that, that, that he wants us to love, to know that you are loved. And it's when Elsa is about to be killed, you find true love happening to both of them. Gave her last breath to save the sister who rejected her repeatedly, who cursed her with a cold heart, gave her life, saved this person who the rest of us are. Going, are you kidding me? The way you've been treating me? Absolutely, you get what you deserve. <laughs> it's just not the way she saw her sister. And really, this becomes the act that saves Elsa from her skewed view of life. And ends up warming the heart of Anna and bringing her back to life. Again, friends, just as God melts our frozen hearts, he asks us to go forward and use our lives to help others. Let God touch them, unfreeze their hearts, and bring them back to abundant, eternal life. And it starts when you and I are willing to be Jesus for somebody else. And sometimes it's easy, hey, let's have a conversation. Sometimes it means shelling out some cash, being inconvenienced with your schedule, investing in the time it takes to cultivate the relationship so that you can communicate the gospel and let somebody know how much God loves them. You know, on a side note, in the movie, you know, Anna thinks that it's romantic love that's going to bring about, you know, the thawing of her heart. And, and, and we kind of make that the same mistake. You know, we think that finding happiness in a person is what's going to make us, you know, you know, happy. But actually, it's the sacred romance where you get connected to God, the one who made you, the one who gave his son for you, the one who put his spirit inside of you, the one that has heaven waiting for you, the one that's available to you right now. That's the relationship. It's way deeper than a romance. It's an eternal romance where you become the bride of Christ and live with him forever in heaven. And and really, friends, our lives, it's not about you finding the right person and being happy. And if you don't like that person, you know, well, I'm not happy anymore. No, it's about getting lost in the love that God has for you and being concerned with issues of justice the people who are being overwhelmed by life. You know, we have a calling to make the world better in the name and through the power of Jesus Christ. Well, once Anna makes the sacrifice of her life, all things change. you An act of true love, will thought a frozen heart. Wasn't that beautiful? The act of true love, God sending us His son, dying the death we were supposed to die, saving us. There's your true love. There's your love story. You know, this is what frees us all from the captivity of fear. This is what breaks the curse over us. This is what allows the prodigal to come home and realize they're loved. I think when you and I know we're loved, when we know we're worth pursuing, when we realize life's purpose is not finding ourselves but being found by God, that's when we suddenly have our true identity restored to us. You know, friends, the two girls are pursuing their self-focused dreams. But here's the secret of Christianity. When we live with and for God, all the dreams we have, eh, they get added unto you. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus, and all these things are added unto you. My favorite is, is Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. Think about this. Delight yourself in the Lord. When you just think about what he's done for you, think about how much he loves you. Think about what he's made available to you. The joy that he has when you meet with him and and get vulnerable with him. When you delight yourself in him, he gives you the desires of your heart. Now, usually I go to the second part of that verse. He gives me the desires of my heart, okay? I'm after that. Wait a minute. When you get into that sacred romance... That's where you get lost in the presence of God. And then all these things, they're added unto you. Well, friends, I don't know what dreams you have, but when you make other people's needs as important as your dreams, that's when the spirit of Jesus comes alive in you and through you. That's when transformation happens, and thought-out hearts get healed, and and lives get changed. And you and I, we get to change the atmosphere everywhere we go. And and, and so maybe right now, you know, Jesus says you need to lose your life to save it. Our invitation in 2022 is is choosing community over autonomy, choosing dependence on God over self-sufficiency, finding purpose in serving rather than being served. You know, this new year, maybe there's things you need to let go of. You know, let it go. You know, the wrong words that have ins- been spoken over you and you've let define your life. Let it go, the incorrect definitions that, that have enslaved you and, and, and kept you in fear from just stepping forward and being yourself. Let it go, the things that get in the way of you having a close, personal friendship with God. Let go of the fears that keep you back so that you can step forward into the adventure of faith, life with God.